Hello, hello, hello. I am your Rachel Ray, hostess with the most is Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth. In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good, show you how to. Oh, oh God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. <laughs> Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I am your raspy voice, hostess with the mostest, Munoz. And how are y'all doing? I obviously am still just like messed up from the cough of it all. Yep, I had to say of it all. And, you know, people's 40th birthday, the holidays are really taking a toll on your girl Munoz this season. But you know what? We're going to we're going to push through and we are going to make it through and everything is going to be all right. We are trucking along straight through December. The I've already had eggnog, no coquito just yet and I am awaiting the boxes of uh Christmas treats are are bountiful in my 120 square feet uh, foot apartment, and I'm just gaining weight by the day, and yeah, it's all good things, and I'm keeping that holiday spirit no matter what. And speaking of the holiday spirit, I am just going to get to the getting on today because I'm really, really excited to have my guests, yep, you heard right, guests on today because it's been a little bit of a journey to get here with them, but I am so excited to have the one, the only, the husbands that cook themselves. Please welcome Orion Alvarez and Adam Merritt. And say hi. Hi. Hello, Hello everybody. <laughs> thank you for having us. Yeah, we're so happy to be here. Oh my God. Thank you for being here. And I usually say I am living my um Delilah dreams on this podcast. Uh, do you, are we do we remember Delilah? Do you know who Delilah is? Uh which Delilah? Like famous ra- famous radio host Delilah, like late nights with Delilah, and she'd give like love advice and then play your song of choice. 
Oh my God. I don't think I know. I don't know. See, I grew up in Portland, Oregon. So I don't know if we had Delilah all the way out there. I we had Dr. Drew out here. I really feel like Delilah has been syndicated. She's a, she's a national treasure. Well, I, I am regretting my life choices that I've never heard of her until now. But uh, instead of my Delilah dreams today, I'm obviously living my Rachel Ray raspy voice dreams. You know? Yes, yes. Oh, yes. You got it. Like, it's perfect. Don't strain too much. You need your voice for future podcasts. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about it. She, uh, this isn't her first time at the rodeo, and she is just mm-hmm. going to be A-OK. Well, boys, <laughs> before we get anywhere in the grand tradition of In Yo Mouth, I need to wish you Happy National Gingerbread Latte Day. Yay! Wow. Happy National Gingerbread Latte Day. Thank you so much. I mean, I love gingerbread. And I love fun holiday lattes. So I'm down. I love it. All in a cookie, I'm down. Yeah, exactly. All in a cookie. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) gingerbread latte. Let's dissect. Mm. Did we really need to marry the gingerbread with the latte to begin with? And then why did we need an entire day for it? I mean, to begin with, I would say yes. Because like I said, I'm a fan of the pumpkin spice latte. You can call me basic, whatever. I enjoy <laughs> cinnamon spice and holiday things. I like warm beverages. And I like I like it. So yeah. I, I think the more the better. I know people love to hate on like the fun, froofy drinks, but whatever. I love it. Whether we need a whole day for it, I'm not as sure about. Um, but any day is National Gingerbread Latte day, if you really believe in yourself. Yeah, I'm a coffee purist here, right? Even even so much uh, like a coffee snob, if you will, and (laughs) I will. And so I don't know if I want gingerbread in my latte. But then again, I have been using eggnog almond milk in my latte. So Mm. does that make me a hypocrite? Maybe. That does. (laughs) Maybe a little. Maybe a little. But just the thing is, just don't think of it as coffee. Like if you think of coffee as like this pure art form black, perfect, unsweetened, whatever. These things are like, they're not even coffee. They're more of just like a milkshake that happens to have a little kick in it. Oh. Just think of it that way. Then maybe I I live for the dissertation. Milkshake with a kick. Did did we write our doctorate on this? Because it's... I think... um, I mean, you know, I'm a fan. I'm a fan I, I love it. Well, you're <laughs> in luck because it also happens to be National Lemon Cupcake Day. Okay. National wow. Lemon Seems, you know, that's really specific. I mean, I don't know. I'm a fan of lemon baked goods as well. We like lemon everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like a good lemon cake or like a key lime pie. Anything really yeah, citrusy. Lemon desserts. Lemon desserts yeah, slap all the time. You can't go mm-hmm. wrong with a lemon dessert, you know? No. You really can't. Like a really good key lime pie is a or like, piece of art. Mm. Like a really good lemon square. Yes. Right? Yes, 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 yes. God, as long as you don't mess bars. up that lemon curd. Yes, mm. right? It's mm. got to be silky. No lumps. No lumps. No lumps. It's got to be, it's got to have tang too. If it's too yeah. sweet, it's just kind of like any other dessert, but it's got to have like a lemony flavor too. Yeah, like a yeah. bite. Well, mm. I, mean, I like sour things. I don't know if this was coincidence, luck, or just the holiday magic, but 
we had a national day for both of you. And no matter what you <laughs> celebrate out there, we celebrate you. And moving right along into this day in gay history. Boys, did you know that in 1928, having been published in Paris the previous July, Radcliffe Hall's The Well of Loneliness, the first major novel in English with an explicitly pro-lesbian theme, is published mm. in the U.S. Americans buy more than 20,000 copies of the book within the next month, making it a bestseller. 1928. Wow. That's amazing. Very interesting that it sold that much and yeah. got that much exposure back then. I mean, clearly people were interested in hearing these stories. That's so cool that it was that early. I had no I mean, idea. 20,000 copies in 1928 has to be like the equivalent of like a million copies today, right? Yeah, no. that's more than just like a little underground paper. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, and especially before, I mean, before a lot of ways that people find out about books now, um, I mean, how do people even hear about it? It must have been such like word of mouth and probably newspapers were talking about it. I'm sure some people said it was really scandalous. So maybe yeah, that probably helped sales. Pro- it was probably the scandal that like sold right. it, but like everybody was here for a lesbian moment. I love it. I mean, well, yeah, I just, I, I, that's amazing. I mean, obviously we've been around forever and they, people have been telling like coded stories forever, but if but there was like talked about so openly, forever. yeah, if there was like an explicitly like out front, like this is a queer character. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Right. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. There was like a lot, there was a yeah. lot of history today, but I, I really love when these little gems from a really long time ago, like pop up because I always say on the podcast, we've been here. We have been, yes. mm-hmm. right? And so what must have that been like in 1928, right? For that writer to be like lesbians, you know? <laughs> oh, and so, well, because it was like, it was criminalized, right? right? I mean, like if you, you could go to jail for engaging in same-sex affection in public or even in your own home. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, to to come out and, and write about it was definitely, took some... Some guts. Yeah, and I think there well, was just as many gay people back then that there is now. Of course, just, there's not as many people out, but it's not like there's more people being gay, more people being born that are gay nowadays. It's yeah, no, we're just always more, been like that since the beginning of time. Yeah, just more yeah, open about it. Absolutely. Well, I love that little tidbit of gay history. I want to get Me to getting on because we are here to celebrate you in your mouth, listeners. You probably already do know because they're really popular, right? Like. We have more gay liberties on the podcast. But Ryan Alvarez and Adam Merrin are two husbands that cook together in a small kitchen in a house on a hill in Eagle Rock, California. They met in 2001 in a recording studio where Ryan was singing with a jazz choir and Adam was the engineer. They fell in love and five years later were married. Since its inception in 2015, their blog, Husbands That Cook, was a finalist for Savour Magazine's Best How-To Cooking Blog Award and a Taste Talks Award nominee for Best Food Blog in 2017. Their self-titled debut cookbook was released in March 2019 with St. Martin's Press, containing over 130 vegetarian recipes, vibrant photos, and stories about their relationship. When they're not cooking, they love being in nature, hiking, and spending time in their garden, as well as supporting their dear friend and taking care of their dear friend going through cancer 
right now, which I saw as well. That's very important to know. Adam is also a musician and one of the founding members of an indie rock band, The 88. Ryan sings classical music and acts in TV shows and commercials. Welcome, boys. Welcome. Thank Thank you. you. What an intro. Well, what a... I mean, it's yours, right? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. How do we go from... Singing and sound engineering to popular husband food bloggers. Take me on that journey. Well, so I have always loved to cook. Um, Ever since I was a little kid, I cooked with my mom and with my grandma. I took my first cooking class when I was like five years old. Um, I never was a professional. I never went to like culinary school or never worked in a professional kitchen um, but I just love doing it. It was always something that I just loved doing for my family and friends. Um, and for the first, what, like 12, 15 years of our relationship, 12 years of our relationship, um, I did mostly cooking, um, just because I liked it and Adam likes to eat and I like to eat. So I, we, I, you know, we like doing this stuff together. Um, and so I was cooking all the time, but Adam, even though he wasn't cooking, he always had a really good palate. And even though he wasn't with me in the kitchen, like sometimes he would taste something and be like, you know what, this needs just like a squeeze of lemon or like a little salt or just something a little extra to, to make it better. And so eventually I got to the point where I'm like, well, you know, if you have these really good ideas, like why don't you come with me? I like, cook with me. And so we started cooking together. Um, and then over the years, we started to just develop this folder <laughs> full of recipes. We would download things from online make them, make notes all over them, change them, make them our own. And we had this folder that was just sitting there with all these fabulous recipes. And at some point um, I was like, you know what? I'm thinking of starting a cooking blog. And then uh, when he said that, I said, well, if you're going to start a cooking blog, I want to do it with you. So we said that could be fun. And we sat down on the couch and started thinking of names of what we would call ourselves. The very first thing that he said was husbands that cook. And after that, we didn't even start thinking yeah, of any it. other names after that. That was the one. That was the name. But so yeah. we had the name and then we said, okay, well now what? Let's make a blog. So we spent about two or three months getting the blog all nice and tidy and yeah, looking good and website. presentable. Yeah. Um, and then launched it in the end of April, April 2015. Of 2015. Yeah, we did because when we had the idea to start, we had this folder of recipes, but we didn't know anything about food photography. We didn't know anything about website design or anything like that. So we, like he said, we took those couple months to kind of make ourselves presentable. <laughs> we did a bunch of test shoots uh, of different recipes. And-, and I have to say real quick, those test shoots were so awful disgusting we because we knew nothing about food photography and any photography for that matter so when we started photographing these recipes that we were going to publish we just thought oh that's easy just take a camera press a button in front of the food and voila Uh, no No. absolutely not no it's terrible it looked like vomit i mean it was so (laughs) disgusting and worse things than that that i won't say on the podcast (laughs) you can say whatever you want this is our space it's so funny though that you say that because everyone who i talk to uh, myself included, if you like really scroll back through the Instagram, like back and you see these terrible, like just 
dog food looking food photos exactly that you, were, that yes. you thought to yourself wow i'm a good photographer yes <laughs> you know at least nope. we knew when we took at least when we saw the photos we said okay we we have to improve we got to get better so we looked online and just got on youtube learn tips yeah. on how to make your food look presentable and i mean the the biggest thing was the natural lighting yeah natural just putting the food the in front thing. of a window with light coming through is a lot better than like holding up your overhead lighting phone or lighting yeah but yeah one of their early recipes was this risotto. It's a carrot feta risotto that's delicious. Um, it has like dill and like garlic. It's really good. But we had this fun idea. We're like, oh, let's um, make the carrots. Instead of just regular carrots, let's use rainbow carrots in this risotto. It'd be like a rainbow risotto. Um, okay, that sounds fun. But what actually happened was the risotto turned pink. Oh, and yeah. So it, so it looked like a big lumpy bowl of Pepto-Bismol. And it was like... The most disgusting thing you've ever seen. So we, we got but we knew and... we knew well enough not to post it. That that picture is on my hard drive and it will never see the light of day um, anywhere. But um, we did get better. Yeah, we figured things out pretty quickly <laughs> yeah. and then launched it and um, just kind of started figuring things out as we went along. Yeah. Started meeting people and uh, just through social media and Instagram and it was really fun. It's like kind of we jumped in, but it was. It all started happening so quickly. Yeah, it's a great community, um, especially back like in 2015 when we first launched. Like Instagram was a little more new and a little more yeah. um, rough and tumble as, uh, than it is now. And so, um, yeah, we had just met amazing people and have met like some of our closest friends because of social media and Instagram and gone to like food events. And there's been yeah, it's just been a crazy fun journey since then. Yeah, did we grow up cooking? I did. Um, I always love to cook with my mom and grandma. Um, but, and I always love to bake. I always love making like cookies and brownies and cakes. I would make my own birthday cake sometimes just cause that way you get exactly what you want. Um, I was opposite. Was I opposite. never liked to cook. I didn't like having a messy kitchen. I didn't like doing dishes. I just didn't like following recipes. It's just the whole thing. I just wanted something quick and easy. And yeah. so when I started getting into it, it was just very natural and i really fell in love with it yeah. um i mean i think the biggest thing I, is that you love to eat you know what i mean like we we both appreciate good food and good flavors and just love the sensory yes, experience and i also fell in love with the cooking process yes. and i didn't mind doing the dishes because it was so rewarding you know right. I, I started liking all the things that i used to not like too exactly exactly i but, think you're uh, the yeah. first person in almost four years adam that said i like doing dishes <laughs> <laughs> i don't and so i i do that's a lie i don't like i don't enjoy it i don't love it and we don't have a dishwasher so we, we don't. do hand wash all of our things yeah i mean doing and a so whole when we have company like we did over the weekend and you have five people here there's it adds up when you have appetizers and desserts yeah. and you know yeah it's the, a lot of dishes i actually i will say I kind of like doing dishes a little bit. So it's, there you go. He's... I, I do. I, to me, there is something almost like meditative about taking this giant mess of a sink and transforming it into neatly stacked dishes. Like, no, there's just something nope. a little pleasurable with that. No, no, no. no. You don't feel no, that? No. no. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stop you while you're ahead. You know what? <laughs> you can feel free to fly from Eagle Rock to my 100 <laughs> square feet and do all my dishes. Right. I'll come and do your dishes for you and <laughs> I'll just true. zen really out does. while I do And he it. even says that it warms his hands in the yeah, morning. Yeah, like if it's a cold morning or cold day, like doing dishes like a warm sink. I don't know, like put on some music. I don't know. It's not that bad. 
I don't know. May, maybe the in your mouth listeners are going to be into it with you, right? But I. But okay. I, I don't Here's see, the thing, though. I don't see these comments faring well with the community. <laughs> okay, but I'm not saying I'm like some perfect person that loves all chores because there are definitely things I don't like. Like you know when you get a new jar of peanut butter and you have to stir it, and there's like oil on top, and you have to like stir it to make yeah. like blend the oil in. I cannot stand that. I hate it so much that I will, even though I love peanut butter, I will actively like eat other things so I don't have to open a new jar just because it's so annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you yeah, there are things know, that I hate. Uh, I have a great hack for that, by the way. You want to yeah. know what it is? Yes, because I hate that job. Yeah, buy the peanut butter that doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't taste as good. It doesn't taste as good for me, for me. Oh my God. Hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. Um, (laughs) My God, I'm so silly. So anyways, so you get together, you fall in love. All of a sudden you say, we're going to start this blog and it's going to be, it's going to be this passion project that we do together. What's the, what's the first thing that kind of really takes off that you notice? Well, first of all, I'll just say that we fell in love and then 14, ye- 14 <laughs> years later, we started the blog. It took a long time for yeah. us to start it um, yeah. after being together. But um, the first thing that took off was I think we started gaining an audience very quickly on Instagram, quicker than we expected. You know, um, Yeah, there wasn't like one post. There wasn't like one thing that like went viral or like exploded. There was um, using hashtags. Yeah five years ago were more effective than it is now. So you could use hashtags that would flag certain accounts that have like a million followers, like Bon Appetit magazine or Food and Wine or Epicurious. And so if they saw a beautiful photo and a good recipe, they would repost your photo and feature yeah. and, and highlight Husbands That Cook, and then you would gain lots of fire followers yeah. from, those, yeah. from those, Thousands. Yeah. those features. And we got featured from a lot of things yeah. right off the bat in the beginning. What yeah. do you we think started the getting allure, a lot of those. What do you think the allure was? I think uh, one thing is that there's not a lot of male food bloggers in the scene that we've... Uh, it's in, definitely a minority. It's yeah, definitely it's a minority. And, and then on top of that, being a gay couple... Mm-hmm. Not just a male, but two males, um, and then being gay. I think there's not many that I can think of uh, a gay yeah. cooking couples out yeah, there. It's, it's pretty, uh, yeah, different from a, a lot of the people that are out there. And um, I don't know. I think we just, I think we we have a fun name, and yeah, we try to just yeah. our, our presence online. We have always just tried to put forward just like a sort of joyful, fun, light-hearted presence. Um, and so, I don't know, I think people just kind of respond to that. It's like, yeah, come on, hang out, let's and make some Another thing and... I'll just say, throw in too, is like, so for somebody that used to not like cooking and that used to get overwhelmed by it, um, I really appreciate recipes that are simple and easy to follow. And I think that's become our thing is like we made, we want people to be able to cook along and follow our, and make our recipes and then be able to do it easily. Yeah, even and if you're a beginner cook Because or if you start falling wrong and, and you start making something and it, it's too confusing, it takes the fun out of it and then it doesn't turn out, it's just a big disaster. Yeah. So we try to make it just very simple, very clear, and um, that way anybody could do it. I always think of um, some friends of mine who hate cooking, and I'm thinking of them, if they were reading this recipe, that they could just look at it and be like, oh, I can make that. 
Yeah. And like you yeah. mentioned that the Sever thing, like we, we were nominated for best how to blog. And I think part of that is like what he's talking about is that we try to really break stuff down to make it easy for people. And also we've always done is step-by-step photos on our blog. So yeah. like the first photo will always be a spread of all the ingredients in one place. You can kind of see like a bird's eye view of what kind of you're dealing with. And then we do step-by-step photos of showing like, you know, stirring something or kneading something so you can see how to do it. So even if you're a beginner cook who's never made a cake before, you can follow this recipe and you'll have success. Yeah, absolutely. And I always love asking that question because, you know, I deep dive into the background of all my guests, right? Uh, my my community knows that 98% of the time we are meeting for the first time here on the podcast because I love, I love having a super candid conversation. So I, for me, I... I know what the allure would be for me, but I'm always interested to see like what you're thinking like in the background of the process. You know what I mean? Yeah, hopefully also that people were attracted to the the actual dishes that we were um, presenting. Yes, yeah, the actual recipe. Yes, they looked at it and they said, oh, have, I want to make that. Yeah. Do you have a favorite recipe? Um, well, one of the ones that's closest to my heart is actually the first recipe that we ever uh, put on the blog way back in 2015. We we launched the blog with two recipes. A Wait, savory is this pasta. is this that pink, that pink? No, it's not. <laughs> Definitely not. That is not even close to my favorite. Um, we launched with a, a, a penne pasta and also my favorite recipe, which is a triple chocolate fudge brownie. Um, it's like a really dense, chocolatey, just intensely delicious brownie. That's like the best brownie I've yeah. ever had, and it's the thing we launched the blog with. It was a recipe that before we launched the blog, people would always say, oh, can you bring your brownies or can I get the recipe for the brownies? I just, everybody loved them. So we even made them again recently. And just, oh, they're so they're good. So good. Yeah, they're I was incredible. just about to ask you, do you go back into the blog to remake things or rework All the things? time. Yeah. All the time. Like we had uh, people over this weekend uh, for like a little holiday party and we made a bunch of things from the book. Um, black beans and rice. It was a Cuban themed yes. get together because Ryan is actually half Cuban. Um, so yeah, you could tell. Yeah, we had we had a bunch of recipes all from our book actually, but we had black beans and rice, a dish called yuca con mojo. Uh, yuca is like uh, cassava in English. Yes, it's kind of like a potato. root vegetable. I'm, yes, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I, we bought some platanos to do you know fried plantains, and uh, for dinner uh, for dessert we had my abuelita's flan. And all these are in the book. And all so these recipes in the book. So yeah. I'm still we in will, the kitchen. We will we will plug the book and link it out. Never you worry here. Yeah, but it's. it's Funny we though. are all about supporting the community and the village for sure. You are Thank you. so sweet. And, but the, I'm not even like trying to plug the book. It's just, but it's honestly true that like we cook out of it and cook from our blog all the time because the, they're on the blog and they're in the book because they're our favorites already. They're our favorite recipes. So it's like, these are favorite things. We yeah, make everything all the time. that we always put out, we're very proud of. We're yeah. always like in the kitchen going. If we're not saying, mm, <laughs> like, then it's not. It's not good. It's not good enough. If we're like, oh, that's 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 tasty. No, it's not going in the blog. It needs to be. It like, has to be. Oh my god! Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I love that. And I think now, uh, just on that high note, I think now would be a great time to take you out to my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast, a little something we like to call... Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Food news update. Food news. Uh. Food news. Ooh, honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. Native Land Beer Project is brewing an IPA to recognize local tribes and support Native initiatives. Have you heard about this? No, but that's really cool. I love that. I thought this was really, really awesome, especially because I just spent a week in Albuquerque um, where... You know, I live in New York City, and we are a melting pot. There, everybody is here. All cultures, everybody is here. Um, but what was really beautiful about being in Albuquerque was that the indigenous people, the Native American people, are living and thriving in a way that I just don't really get to experience living in New York, you know? And I just thought it was really special and and just a beautiful moment. And so then I came across this article from Food and Wine. Thank you, Food and Wine. So it just so happens that this Albuquerque-based bow and, arrow, bow and Arrow Brewing has created a similar campaign to support an often overlooked group, especially within the brewing community, Native Americans. Billed as America's first and only female-owned Native American brewery, Bow and Arrow saw an opportunity to recognize the Tiwa people, indigenous to the area where their beer is brewed. So on Indigenous Peoples Day, founder Shyla Shepard launched Native Land Beer, an open source IPA recipe other breweries can use to join in on the project. So the goal is to get all these other breweries to like join in on this project to celebrate different tribes. That is great so, idea. so, so, so cool. It's a great I love idea, stuff great like cause. That. Yeah. That's, and I love that they're making the recipe available. So even if you're a brewery in Maine or you're a brewery in Minnesota or wherever, you can make it and make it would it donate and, to the cause. That's yeah. genius. That's yeah. Really so, idea. so far, 30 breweries from at least seven states have joined in. And now her goal is to have a brewery from every state. The objective is... Love the, it. It, yeah, the objective is to further visibility of Native people and to generate resources to support Native organizations whose work focuses on ecological stewardship and strengthening Native communities. That's really cool. I mean, like you said, I feel like, uh, you know, we're in outside Los Angeles, so I feel like living in big cities, we're pretty disconnected from Native American culture in a lot of ways. Um, so I, think I mean, but you way, live like in a place to, called Eagle Rock. We do. And there is a giant rock that has a shadow, like at certain times of day, uh, cast a shadow that's like an eagle. It's really cool. And Native American people supposedly lived in yeah, the, the yeah. Tongva, area. I think, was our, our local tribe that lived in this, this area. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I just thought it was really special. In, uh, and I w- really wanted to take a moment to celebrate, you know, our, our indigenous people, the Native Americans here on the podcast, um, especially after having this experience in Albuquerque. And you know what? If you're looking for um, 
random gifts for the beer lover in your life, why not this, right? I love it. It's a great it. idea. It, I think great we're gift. absolutely here for this. I think I can I can speak for all of us. A hundred percent here, present and here for this. Uh, yes. I absolutely. hope they raise a lot of money. I, and I bet you I bet you it's delicious too. I'm sure. All right. I'm I, sure. I'm sure those girls do. I like IPA. Yes, right? Why not? Highest alcohol content. Get drunk, support the people. <laughs> Love it. Planes will soon be powered by cooking grease. Have you have you heard about this one now? I have I've heard of cars <laughs> running on old grease, but never not airplanes. What? So apparently British Airways has announced plans to fuel some of its planes with cooking oil. That's cool. Does the whole plane smell like fish French and chips? French fries. <laughs> right? French fries. <laughs> Fish and chips. Oh my God. You know. That's, I mean. Old if they calamari. Can do that, <laughs> I mean, why not? They can serve, they can have like fat fryers going on the, on the plane, like serve you onion rings and french fries or whatever. And then it just like gets circulated into the engine. Yeah. Like there's like an eject Something button. Like there's an eject button <laughs> that like kind of like just empties the hot fryer into the fuel tank. It's, I, why not? I actually, brilliant, but I don't think it works like that. It probably doesn't work like that. I'm, I'm guessing there's probably one or two steps in between Fryer and... Yeah, so engine. this article comes to us from thetakeout.com. Thank you to the takeout. So this is called Sustainable Aviation Fuel, or SAF. And um, The Guardian was reporting that it's a low-carbon intensity fuel, whatever that means. It's derived from vegetable oils, fats, and greases. And it's apparently powerful enough to send a jet hurling across the sky. Uh, British Airways is calling it drop-in fuel, pointing out that it can be blended with traditional jet fuel or co-processed alongside traditional refinery feedstocks. I mean... I mean, anything that cuts down on the global warming, right? Usage, that's amazing. That's really, really cool. But now, huh. but now, all I can think about is like anytime I'm, you just made plantains, you made tostones. Like, where, where, Save the where, bottle. where do we send the grease? Send it to like British Airways, apparently. <laughs> right. Just <Yes>. mail it. <laughs> Please send all your old bacon cooking grease to British Airways at and then eleven thirty six for half the luggage. <laughs> exactly. Dupont's, or you they know what? You bring your little off. like coffee can of grease in, and they give you like a free luggage check or something. <laughs> yeah, that I why not? Off. Let's no do it. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine? I don't know if I trust this yet, but. I am no scientist, so like if they figured it out, like absolutely, right? Recycling is cool. They've been teaching it since we were kids, so reduce, reuse, recycle. I mean, it makes me a little nervous, but I'm not a scientist. I trust scientists. You know what? I just trust them. I mean, science is real. So, (laughs) yes, it is. I love it. I love it. I just, much like you did, I just went down this hole of like, really like the mcdonald's like i mean we if we could power everything from old mcdonald's and burger king fast food cooking grease yeah well i know i've definitely like i've heard of people that have you can convert your if you have a diesel engine in your car you can convert it to run on on cooking grease like it's a real thing i've seen one and it actually does smell it does smell like like french fries like french fries (laughs) but it's dries by which is like much better than exhaust Mm -hmm. smell 
I'd rather smell French fries. There's that there's that Golden Girls episode. Um, I forget which one right now, but where um, Rose is talking about the Fjord f- uh, Furling that was the only car in St. Olaf that ran on cow manure. <laughs> are, are we Golden Girls? Of course honest? it did. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love them all so much. I love them all. I don't know. Uh, I'm here for the cooking grease, especially if it, especially if like my entire flight smells like French fries and not old calamari, right? Yes, let's stick with the potatoes, not the seafood. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And last but not least, (laughs) there is a cream cheese shortage striking the nation. Mm, No, what? Really? Yes. No, that's terrible. How do people get their schmears? I mean. This is from the New York Times, thanks to the New York Times. But like, as of a week and a half ago, they uh, Miss Ashley Wong was reporting Zabar's is running low. Tom's, Tompkins Square Bagels is down to sticks, and Pick a Bagel only has a few days supply left. All over New York City, bagel makers are saying a schmear shortage is threatening one of the most treasured local delic- delicacies: bagels and cream cheese. First of all, schmear shortage is really hard to say. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Especially <laughs> no, when you have no voice. Schmear shortage. Schmear and shortage. Why cream cheese? Why, out of all the dairy products, why yeah, is like, that one? Is there a sour cream shortage? Is there a butter shortage? I don't know. Why? So, What's, what happened to cream cheese? Sometimes these, sh- uh, I think that um, I fall down a deep hole of conspiracy theories and this is the only time I'm a conspiracy theorist when it comes to all these food shortages because, you know, around the Super Bowl, there's always a wing shortage. Around yes. Christmas, there's always a tree shortage, right? Yeah, like good, good luck finding pumpkin at Thanksgiving because yeah, I think I think the industry, especially the food industry, is like, let's say there's a shortage, so they'll just buy more. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's an advertisement. I wouldn't put it past them. It's like the best advertising. Yeah, but that's terrifying, though. If there really was a, a cream cheese then shortage, you got to buy the vegan cream cheese, like how I do. So I'm not vegan, but I buy the vegan cream cheeses because I can digest them better. Yeah, he's and, um, So, oh my god, yeah, that so me- just make more vegan cream cheese. That Miyoko's yeah. cream cheese, they are not. A that's spon- the one I get. They are not a sponsor, but I don't care because. It is so freaking delicious that vegan. It's so good. They have oh, they have so many good. They're um, also not sponsored, but they have a like an herb wheel cheese that you're supposed to like put on like a, a cheese board. Yeah, like jaw droppingly good. It's so delicious. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I mean. Um, so there, there's an option for you. Find really yeah, good go vegan to. cream cheese and do that. Yep. But this just goes back to the supply chain that, um, and the pandemic. You know, for about three right. weeks now, dairy suppliers said uh, the cream cheese orders they have placed with manufacturers have come up short. So interesting. Yeah. It's it's. I mean, in New York, everywhere. they're gonna they're gonna have to like I don't know start like declaring martial law in New York people are gonna be rioting it's gonna be insane you know, no cream ration, your own. it's like depression rationing rationing people are gonna be lining up down the streets to get their like little teaspoon you know of cream their cheese. little their little cup of uh you know cream <laughs> cheese that little sauce yes cup. <laughs> oh <laughs> it'll be so sad I mean it would be but so me- sad Maybe there'll be a Christmas miracle and all the cream cheese will come in. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, New York without cream cheese is like Christmas without Santa. So it can't happen. Yeah. It can't yeah. happen. It'll be, a, it'll be a New York Christmas miracle, I'm sure. 
Yes, absolutely. I don't think we're here for this cream cheese shortage. and But no. I do think this is a great way to end. Food news update. How was that for you, boys? It's, yeah, great uh, update. Life-changing. 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 Well, I'm going to stock up on cream cheese. You can yes. talk about this around the water cooler tomorrow. You know, <laughs> it, it's, it's great topics. It's great topics. Another great topic I wanted to explore with you was... Uh, I love that you've been together, A, for so long, but you're also each other's first boyfriend. It is true. He, was, he wasn't kidding when he said he uh, deep dove. <laughs> I know. I know. You've done your research. Um, yeah. So I met Adam when I was 19. Um, I was a freshman in college and I wasn't even fully out at the time. Um, I was out to a few friends, but not to my family, not to most of my friends. Um, and so... You know, I mean, I, I met him in my freshman year, so there wasn't really time to have other boyfriends. I just met him, and then I was like, oh, well, that's done. Yeah, he was my first <laughs> boyfriend, too. And it made it a lot easier for us to go to both of our parents since we, after finding somebody who we really loved, because you don't care. I mean, it's it's a lot easier to tell somebody when you're in love. That yeah, to like, just to come out and say, hey, sex. I've met somebody. Yeah. It's not just like, hey, I'm gay, but it's like, hey, I'm gay, and I've met somebody that I want you to meet. Yeah, Ryan's <laughs> parents had a funny reaction. They said, "We knew. We just yep. want. We were waiting for you to tell us." Yeah, they're like, "Oh, we've known since you were a little kid." Well, we just were wondering. Well, when you let us down happen. the road, and I always ask about coming out on the podcast because we never know who's listening, and it's important to hear. So, let's go down the. Ro- let's continue down the road. And what was coming out like for the two of you? Um. So uh, we were both. Actually, right- it was right around this time oh, of yeah. year. It was a Christmas. Yeah, two thousand one. Two thousand one. I went home for Christmas. Um, and sat my parents down and said, I met somebody uh, when I was at college, and it's a guy. His name is Adam. Um, and like I said, I, I was very lucky. They said we've known for a long time. We love you. Their concern was just that I be safe. Um, my mom had a cousin who was gay and who passed away in the early 90s during the AIDS crisis. And so that was her first thought was just, I want you to be safe. Um, but I was very lucky because they were completely supportive. My my Cuban Catholic grandmother was 100% supportive, loved Adam, just like her own grandson. Like, it, I was so lucky. Yeah, she was the best. And actually, that was another thing. We made a, one of her recipes the other <laughs> night. We we forgot to mention when we were talking about yeah. the dinner party, but we made a Spanish tortilla. Oh, that's right. And anytime we would go up to visit her in Portland, she made two Spanish tortillas. She made one for the family and one for me. And this was in the very beginning of our relationship. And she loved him immediately. She yeah. did, um, even though she was very Catholic mm-hmm. and... Um, in her 90s, but uh, it didn't matter. Um, why but, why uh, for, is that? Why? I often find that the grandparents are even better about getting it than the parents sometimes. Like, yeah, she, yeah, I think part of it was for her, you know, because she grew up in Argentina and Spain and Cuba. And, and so it was old country, old school, but she had um, a family member that she was very close with, like a nephew, basically, that was gay and you know, she said that he played with dolls in Cuba when he was a little boy and she always knew and and she loved him just the same as everybody else. And so I think she just, I don't know, she just loved everybody and and she didn't care whether you're gay or straight or anything. She just loved people. So, oh, yeah, yeah, I feel very My lucky. experience was just as good, too. I came out to my mom when I was 26 and uh, and my dad and the rest of my family and 
both of us just had very easy experiences. Yeah, we we, had, we didn't have lucky. any negativity or anything. Everybody's been very accepting. And so we've been lucky in that. Yeah, area. I think part of it is that neither of our families are religious. Um, you know, I think that's part of it. A lot of my friends who are gay who've had more trouble coming out is usually because the parents are religious. Um, and that wasn't really a factor for either of our families. So I think we were just, yeah, like I said, that's very lucky. Beautiful. And I always yeah. also say that, like, I don't qualify coming out stories on the pod because, you know, the journey, everyone's journeys are different. And you're here with me because of the glow up and the beautiful people you become. And sometimes, sometimes the journey is a little rough. But when you're, when you've come through on the other side, you're in this beautiful space and you're in this. So, like, we, I, I try not to qualify people's stories and they are what they are. And yours just is, yours is just as beautiful. And like, we, we are lucky to have parents that love us too, because not everyone is so lucky at the same yeah. time, you know? Yeah. Well, and also, even though I was fairly confident that they would react fine um, and I wouldn't be like kicked out of the house or, you know, beaten up or something like some people have happened. It's horrible. I was pretty certain that wasn't going to happen, but you never know yeah. exactly what's going to happen. And so that, I mean, you know, those feelings of like in those moments leading up to finally saying it for the first time, I mean, it's, it's difficult. It's hard. Even if yeah. you think you are in a supportive place, it's still hard. And like you said, everybody who's done this journey or been on this journey, it's, it's just slightly different. But in some ways it's like, we all, it's all the same. Like we all feel that same. Yeah, it's, it's a recurring topic here that there has been no signal that anything bad is going to happen. But there's this like innate like fight or flight like thing happening within you because, mm -hmm. and it's there, even though there are no signs that anything is going to happen, right? So, right. yeah, it's a thing. And, you know, some of us are lucky and some of us have more challenging experiences. But I think especially during the holidays, it's important to talk about this because... We as LGBTQ people, whether we have blood family in our lives or have to rely on our chosen family, you know, the holidays can be can be hard, especially for LGBTQ yeah. people. And so hearing positive stories and hearing stories of love and and coming together and and familial love, you know, I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I, I would hope I think I hope that more and more people have coming out stories that sound more like ours, you know, and, but because I feel like things are changing and hopefully just this generational shift and it'll just get easier and easier for people. And we'll get to a point where people don't even have to come out at yeah. some point, you know, where people just are who they in, are. In a perfect world. Yes. You just in reminded me, you just reminded me and I'm going to plug them uh, because I think they're doing really, really good work. There's an Instagram account out there called Trans Santa. That's T-R-A-N-S Santa. I think, I think all one word and one S. Um, I'm looking it up now. I didn't even plan on talking about this. You just reminded me. But uh, yes, one S. Trans, T-R-A-N-S-A-N-T-A. And what this person or these people are doing is are collecting letters to Santa from trans people in need, right? Maybe trans people in not-so-great situations, trans people that need a little help, because I always also say that um, there's a high number, a high percentage of homeless youth 
out on the streets and an even higher percentage of that number are LGBTQ youth, especially trans youth. And so basically, um, trans, trans Santa on Instagram, you can go through these letters and then mm-hmm. this person has created Amazon wish lists based on the letters and you just oh, wow. buy and you just buy things to fulfill um, wow. these people's list. So if you're looking for something charitable to do this this holiday season and you don't know what, uh, this is a way you don't have to spend a million dollars and you really can feel like you're really helping somebody. I really love that. I, I found them not that long ago and um, just this conversation really reminded me of just like, you know, the youth out there and how we as a community just need to support each other. Yeah, I love that idea too, just because it's, you're really helping individual people. Um, and you're, you're, you, like you said, you don't have to spend a lot of money. You can make a big impact in somebody's yeah. life. And that's, like, that's really, really yeah, cool. Yeah, the wish list. You can go buy one thing off the wish list and, you know, and people are asking for like binders, like, you know, trans people are asking yeah. for their trans binders or, yes, their, yeah. or school supplies or, you know, it's real things. Like nobody's, wow. I haven't seen anything, you know, asking for anything like exorbitant. Yeah. Oh, that's such so, a good thing. I'm going to check that out. Trans- yeah, check it out. In your mouth, listeners, check it out out there. Gentlemen, what's what's next for you? Tell the kids what's next, what's on the horizon. Well, what's mostly on the horizon is we are going up to Portland for Christmas to see my family. I'm really excited um, just to spend some time up there. Maybe we'll get some snow. Um, I don't know. I'm just a huge fan of the holidays and all the holiday baking and treats and just i don't know i love stockings i just i'm a big nerd for for christmas and yeah, I'm just i love it, too. I love yeah. it too. yeah yeah every every year we go up to christmas for the holidays and um to portland what is it up to christmas i every year we go up to christmas <laughs> yeah. for the portland uh, I, yeah. <laughs> mary organ mary organ, no, um, mary organ. so but it's it's tradition in his family to uh to have stolen on the table mm-hmm. and and it's so inconsistent every year it's different sometimes it's too dry sometimes it's not sweet enough but anyway wait we, wait 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 what's on the table so it's called stolen it's a german bread slash cake chris it's like it's a christmas that, bread. that you that you rob from the bakery is that yes, why it's you, called stolen? It's, it's stolen, stolen, stolen. Yeah, no, it's like it's like a it's like a sweet bread, like a brioche kind of, but it has um, dried fruit and orange peel and marzipan and like frosting, and it's like this really festive, fun thing. So it's um, a fruit cake, but it's like a bread. It's but it's like it's way better <laughs> it's than fruit similar. Cake. It's similar, but and so yeah. every year his family gets one from a bakery or a neighbor brings one over, and they're not that good. Mm-hmm. But this year we actually um, made our own recipe, and it's so perfected. as far as what's next for us, I think that'll probably be the next recipe that we that we post about is just because yeah. it came out so good. It's this like amazing Christmas bread. It's so good. Awesome. I love that. I love that. Stolen. Is there another book in the in the works? We were actually just talking about that, that we love the process of making the book, but it's just, it takes so much time. It took two years out of our lives. Um, long days, long hours. We missed out on family events and just working hanging around out with like friends seven and, days a week. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Um, and it's just not worth it um, financially to put that much time into something to not get that much 
feedback on yeah. it. Um, it's a great uh, sort of portfolio of our work. It's something we can always show. And yes, we're authors, you know, where we have this book. But another one, it would just, it would have to really make sense. It would have to be the right thing. You'd have to, they'd have to pay us a million bucks. And then, <laughs> and then we'll do another book. <laughs> I love So that. yeah. Yeah, not at the moment, but uh, definitely more online content. All right, sure. all right, all right. Yeah. You got to go to their website, folks. It's absolutely stunning. Before we close out, holiday tips, right? Mm. Top three tips for the holidays. Go. Okay, uh, make ahead recipes. So, like, if you're hosting brunch, do, like, an overnight French toast. You just make it the night before, and that way all you do in the morning is just throw it in the oven, and you're ready to go. You don't have to do any cooking in the morning. Um, shop ahead of time. Shop ahead of time, obviously. Things sell out. Things it sell gets out. too crowded at the end. Even food stuff, like we were talking about. If you're looking for like cranberries or you know something really cream specific, cheese. get it early. Cream yeah, cheese, get apparently. It early get it early. Get in line at the local cream cheese store. Um, and what? Uh, third thing. What would I say? Da, 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 da. I would buy say, a dishwasher so you don't have to buy a dishwasher. <laughs> buy a dishwasher. Oh, and, and just like. Enjoy the holidays. Don't worry too much about a few extra calories here and there. Just have some cookies. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, Every year, uh, my best friend Justin and his mom, shout out to you, Bernadette Quackenbush, um, do this big cookie bake together, and they send me this massive box. And I... I woke up Lucky. this morning and I must have been like sleepwalking. That box was torn to shred. I was like sleeping in cookies <laughs> last night. They gotta go. They're so good. Christmas They're cookies so- are the best cookies. Pfeffernoose. Pfeffernoose. Oh, my favorite. Yes. I love Pfeffernoose, gingerbread, anything like a spice and cinnamon like that. Mm. Yeah. Back love to it. full circle. Back to National full Gingerbread circle. Latte Day. Yes. Oh my gosh. We have gingerbread cool. snickerdoodles on our website. We do. Those we, are really good. We do. They're you know, really you know where there, those gingerbread snickerdoodles are not where in my apartment. In your mouth. In my ah. in my mouth. Exactly. In Thank you. Uh, I we'll, will be waiting. We'll mail some out to you. I will be waiting. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god, this has been such a great day and such a great time. I'm so happy and so honored that you. We finally figured out the scheduling, and yes. we we got you on, and I'm so happy to connect. Uh, with you. Thank you so much for giving me of your time today. Please let oh the kids gosh. know where they can find you. Give them all the handles. Give them the website. Give them the OnlyFans. Let them have it. Yes. Well, the OnlyFans is still in the works. But for now, you can find us at uh, husbandsatcook.com and uh, Instagram, husbandsatcook, Facebook, husbandsatcook, all the places, husbandsatcook. Easy, easy. And I'll link That's it us. out. I'll link, I'll link the book out in the liner notes. What a great, great day and a great episode. In your mouth, listeners, um, listen, the holidays are hard out there for a lot of people. I feel like I've noticed some, like, people just in their heads and, like, you know, just dipping into the the pandemic, post-pandemic, pre-pandemic, or post-pandemic, that's what I mean. You know, PTSD of, like, being in your head and being alone If you're going through it this holiday, ask for help. Reach out. There is help out there for you. Call a friend. You know, um, you don't have to you don't have to be alone through this hustle and bustle and the madness of everything that's happening. You know, self-care is the best care, especially this holiday season. Like like the husbands that cook said, you know, don't stress out. Enjoy it. 
take time. Make for, cookies. Yeah. Get a cookie, right? Gain a couple pounds. Who the hell cares? And Make with, some hot chocolate. Absolutely. Take care of yourselves. It's important out there, you know? Yes. And that's my PSA yes. for the day. And with that, all I got to say is thank you for listening to In Yo Man.